last week at Swap, I was also at Miss Jensie's house with uh, Ben, Caleb, and Maria, and Dale as well, my mentor, Dale Kaufman, um, and three uh, members of the other church. Oh yeah, Colin was there too. He couldn't get on the roof, so I kind of forgot. He had, he had an injury. Um, not there, but um, yeah, it was fun. I, I enjoyed getting on the roof. I enjoyed screwing in uh, metal panels, even though we didn't get it done, which irritated me a little bit, but I'll, I'll get to that. Um, yeah, uh, it, was, it was very beautiful, nature-wise. I, I definitely saw God in the nature, in the, even in the katsu. If you don't know what that is, it's vines that just cover everything. But it was still very beautiful with the rocks in the mountains driving right next to them. Uh, Miss Jensie did not see beauty in the snakes. She, she, when we first met her, it was snakes, 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 snakes. And if you see a snake, you take a hoe to it. You can't take a hoe to it, she'll take a hoe to it. <laughs> the only kind of snake that's a good snake is a dead snake. So just don't, don't try to touch it, don't do anything with it. Um, Mrs. Jensie had lived in that general area a few miles for all 66 years of her life. She said that she likes going away, but she loves coming home, which I, I really found beautiful. Um, living, me living in four different homes in three countries in my life, that's an experience I don't really completely understand. So it was nice to hear that. Um, yeah. Uh, other wildlife, bears, stuff like that. Didn't get to see a snake, didn't get to see a bear. A little bit bummed, but not, not too bummed. Um, uh, yeah, the, the roof got delayed because of rain. The board, we didn't have the right length of metal, which was also annoying, but we, we worked around it. We didn't get completely finished, but we were, we were pretty darn close. Uh, after every day after we worked, for some reason, tired and sweaty, we would decide to take showers and then go play basketball until it got dark. I didn't, I didn't really know why we did that, but we did it a lot. And the camp is on top of a, a mountain ridge, which is very high. And there are little nets to make sure the ball doesn't roll down the hill. But sometimes a bad pass does go over the edge. And within a few days, we had lost the ball. So that was a little bit of a bummer. But we did get a new ball. We elected to buy the $6 ball, not the $20 ball, which is probably a good call. Um, and on the last night, it was getting a little bit dark. Another bad pass went off the edge, and Caleb just sprinted down the hill, just trying as fast as he could to grab at it. And there was silence. He came up. He had a ball in his hand. It wasn't the shiny new orange ball. It was the old raggedy ball that we had. And uh, the prodigal son was home. So... <laughs> We were very happy about that. But yeah, uh, it was a good week. Miss Quincy was happy with her work. Gen C was happy with her work, even though we didn't get it done. My group spent the week helping Tommy and Iris, and I was in the group with Bryce and Emma and Clara. And I hadn't heard much about them before we left SWAP headquarters, other than that they were brother and sister and that they were wheelchair-bound although Tommy could get around a little by himself. Since I didn't know too much about them, I was completely taken aback the first time I entered their house. Everything inside was covered with what seemed like years of dust and grime, and there was smoke everywhere because Tommy smoked a lot. 
and it was small, dim, and cramped, and there was stuff piled everywhere so that there, you didn't have too much room to walk around or do much of anything. Um, my group got some solid work done for Tommy and Iris, and they're very grateful for everything we did, but sadly, this is only one of example of, this is only one example of the squalor and poverty that surrounds this part of the country. Everywhere we drove, there were mobile homes and shacks falling into disrepair, and others that were almost beyond hope. I also noticed something else, though, and that's that there were small churches almost everywhere. I realized that these people really needed God. For many of these people, life is a real struggle, and they need something to hold on to. Turning to God gives them hope and something they can trust in and count on. The trip served as a very good reminder of how blessed I am to have all the things I have. I take so many things for granted, and sharing some of the things I have with these exceptional people truly was a great experience. And thank you very much for sending me to Kentucky. This was my very first missions trip. I forgot a water bottle, and I zipped my damp clothes into my suitcase full of my clean clothes. I pulled four cockroaches out of my hair and shook two out of my shirt. I gouged my elbow with a rusty nail, and two of my work group members went to the emergency room. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> I met amazing people and installed a sink. I saw life in a very different way and completely demolished an old pump house. I experienced how important it is to receive as well as give, and I learned that if you're trying and trying to get a screw in and it won't go, it's probably because your drill is in reverse. <laughs> My whole time at SWAP was eye-opening and moving, but our last day there was the most powerful for me. My group was helping a local church to build a pavilion. The people from the church were mostly older and were so nice. My first couple hours were spent breaking up and taking away concrete left over from making the base of the pavilion. It was really hard work, but it was very satisfying. My aching arms were given a rescue when one of the boys on the roof cut himself and had to be taken to the emergency room. I was asked to take his place. I gave Steve several near heart attacks while trying to get the hang of putting screws in while balancing in various awkward positions up in the cramped eaves of, of a pavilion with very hard concrete floor below. It was very unsafe, but it was also very fun. We had packed our own lunches, Wonder Bread sandwiches, again, but the church people ordered us pizza. We ate them in the air conditioning church basement. They had so many interesting stories to tell. Several were retired miners, and the people in Kentucky can talk forever about their families. Back on the roof afterwards, we sweated in the hot sun. A truly heaven-sent break was given when one of the men from the church brought out his guitar and sang, How Great Thou Art for Us. It was incredible sitting up in the roof with mountain scenery all around and a little white church behind us. I came home with some funny-smelling clothes, several band-aids, and, and, oh, and a paranoia of cockroaches. <laughs> but that was nothing compared to the experience, memories, and stories that also made it back with me. I had given a sound roof, a good-looking pavilion, and a smile, 
but receive something worth much more. I would say the work we did on our trip, or at least for me, was very important, but the relationships formed, that was the highlight of the trip. Uh, many of you may have experienced a feeling of uneasiness in the presence of people living in poverty, I don't know, at a Monday night meal or just walking around downtown. Now that feeling is not necessarily, you know, what, what you think of them, but it's what they think of you. Is there some sort of barrier between you? Um, well, the kindness and hospitality of Miss Jency and her son broke that barrier very, very quickly. And soon I wasn't wondering anything about that. She was just so kind. Um, the, stories, the stories and encounters about snakes and bears and their life experiences and her father's time in the mines, it, it, was, it was special. And Jeff gave us DVDs. I got Bonanza. <laughs> I think I scored. But really the relationships were what stood out to me on this trip. And... I'd say that in order to serve people honestly, in order to serve people honestly, you need to create these relationships, and that relationships can transcend class. First off, our worksite coordinator used a lot of slang names while we were building. So if I refer to something and you have no idea what I'm talking about, that's probably why. Uh, but in my own defense, I'm not sure how we built the thing either, because I spent the whole week on the ground and half of it sitting on a sawhorse. Uh, my knee was injured, so I couldn't kneel or crouch, and so working on the roof was completely out of the question for me. And although many people would have enjoyed not being able to work hard, I enjoy working, so it was a real disappointment for me. Um, I helped power wash the homeowner's day deck and weed their flower beds. But after that was done, and it was done quickly, my main job was to help cut the laft boards and pass them and metal onto the roof for the people building on the roof. Uh, the people on the roof would measure out several areas before they shouted down the lengths of the boards that they would need. And I and whoever else was on the ground at the time, usually Ben or Maria, would cut the boards, the, trim them down from their normal eight-foot length, and then pass them back up to the roof. But between requests, I spent a lot of time just sitting and waiting on a sawhorse. The packing list said to leave our fast-paced, task-oriented lifestyle behind, and it wasn't kidding. I learned a lot about teamwork and patience, mostly patience. I felt useless and more than a little irritated to be stuck on the ground, unable to be helping me with the main project, even though everyone did spend time off of the roof as they took breaks, but it was just breaks. What I had to realize, though, was my job may not have been the most important or the most involved, and certainly not the busiest, but it was still a vital part. We got close, but we didn't manage to completely finish the roof because of problems with short metal and green snippers, even though that's another story that's already been mentioned. Uh, but if everyone had been working on the roof with no one as the ground crew, we wouldn't have gotten nearly as far as we did. I often prefer working by myself because I don't like being held back or having to work with how other people work. But because of our team, we have to work. And I was held back by myself this time. And so I was forced to leave what I would have preferred to do and work as a different but still very valuable position on the team. Um, this realization and the roof is an excellent metaphor for our relationship to God.
We have free choice. We can go with God or we can go alone. It is possible for one person to have built that roof by themselves, but it would have been very difficult and incredibly dangerous. Anyone who has used a tape measure knows it's impossible to keep it straight when measuring anything long, and we were measuring an entire roof. Plus, we would have had to carry eight-foot boards and equally long sheets of razor-sharp metal up a rickety ladder at least 60 times to get everything onto the roof, besides trying to hold it down while screwing it in. But walking with God is like working with our team. Human problems can complicate things, and as we learned, there is plenty of danger, such as metal gloves and grumpy bears, but we can stay on the roof and grab the metal and have it held down as we screw it in. With our team and with God, we always have someone watching our backs, holding the other side of the metaphorical sheet of metal. So I'm going to be talking about um, just what we did every day. Um, I think I can safely say that our trip to Kentucky ended up being a lot of fun for all of us. We left for Swap early Monday morning from the church parking lot in two vans and a truck. We drove and drove for hours, but we had fun. We played card games, we read, we had long discussions. And we finally got to Harlan, Kentucky, where we stopped at a Burger King. While we were there, who should come in but some very youth groupy looking people? Surprisingly, Kate went up to one of the men and started to chat. She told us she knew him. I forget how and that he was with two youth groups from Waterloo North Mennonite and St. James Mennonite in Canada. When we arrived at Swap, and Emma's going to tell you all about that in a minute, we greeted the Ericsons and then went to our cabins. After our welcoming session in the lodge, we all collapsed exhausted. The next morning, we woke up to Emma and Maria's alarms playing dueling versions of Let It Go and dressed for a busy day. In the lodge, we crammed ourselves around a small table to pack lunches. After lunch packing came a delicious breakfast cooked by the Swap Kitchen staff. Once breakfast was finished, various members of both churches helped clean up until we gathered for devotions and a huge group prayer. The days were long, but they were a lot of fun. Some of us were building roofs, others were doing different odd jobs, such as putting in kitchen sinks and fixing cabinets. And I was with three other MYFers from our church and two girls from Waterloo North Mennonite doing several home repairs. Emma will tell you all about the people we worked for, the house we worked in, and I'm sure she won't forget to mention the cute dog and the roly-poly kittens. But I'll tell you a little about what we did. First of all, there was a closet to be rebuilt. That was a lot of fun and involved screwing, mudding, painting, and putting in new shelves. There was one point where there were seven people crammed in a very small closet rushing to get the closet finished by the end of the day. Outside, we scraped a ramp up to the house and rebuilt a rotting off the house deck. I loved making the cement piers and rebuilding the legs of the deck. After a long day of work, there was usually an ice cream stop, and then we would all get back to camp, shower, and hang out until a supper we were all very hungry for. After supper came an evening program and worship service. When the program was over, we all dispersed to play volleyball, basketball, card games, or extremely intense games of Dutch Blitz. The first couple of nights, we all fell asleep a little before lights out at 10.30, but as we got to know the girls from the other youth group, who were all night owls, we would all stay up late talking in our bunks. So that was how our days were structured. I found the trip to be very rewarding, meaningful, fun, and inspiring. I want to thank all of you for helping us go on this trip.
Well, I guess I should say about the dog and the roly-poly kittens before I start mine. But um, at the, our homeowner's house, they did have a dog, and they also had who actually watched TV with them, sat like a person and watched TV with them. And they had a few little kittens running around and attacking each other, or playing, I guess. And then this other dog, a neighbor dog, also came over and just kind of hung out with us. We didn't know its real name, so we named it Billy. But um, when you enter Kentucky, you see mountains, but lots of them. As we neared the swap location, the roads began to wind to like a snake form as we go up in elevation. The garment says we're at the location, but little did we know we have 20 extra minutes to go up a hill which is also known as Shepherd's Trail. It's 36 miles, but we only went 2.9. Ears begin to pop, and the views begin to get gorgeous. Or they will. I don't know. They were very gorgeous. But um, as we go further up, dogs surprise us on the roads as well. In Harlan, Kentucky, don't expect neighborhoods, or much less houses, that look as nice as ours. These poverty-stricken homes are battered up on the outside, on the inside, or both. The location is also known for its coal industry. It supplied many people with jobs and soon began running hospitals and stores. Though over the past 30 years, the activity in the region has decreased. The infrastructure was soon ignored and began to crumble. This affected health, finances, and jobs. Not only that affecting the level of poverty, these homeowners also lack the education of basic skills that we take for granted, even things like healthy eating. This is because some of their parents were away at their coal mining jobs, and kids, who are adults today, didn't learn how to take care of themselves or keep their home in good shape. Every day, the SWAP staff asked us to ask our homeowners a question. Some included, what keeps you in Harlan? How do you eat your soup beans? or what's a great location to go or visit in the area. Uh, some answers included, like, people staying in Harlan, meaning, like, there were special family values there, or it's just family ties that kept them there. Um, also, many have lived in these homes since childhood. A popular meal in Harlan is soup beans, which is just like beans here. And uh, we were told to ask, how do you eat your soup beans? Because there's many different ways of eating them. And the way that I remember having mine was with cornbread on the side, the beans topped with tomatoes, baked potatoes, and hot sauce with a lot of bacon bits. I'll be reading Romans 12, 9 to 16. <clears throat> Love must be completely sincere. Hate what is evil. Hold on to what is good. Love one another warmly as Christians and be eager to show respect for one another. Work hard and do not be lazy. Serve the Lord with a heart full of devotion. Let your hope Keep you joyful, 
Be patient in your troubles and pray at all times. Share your belongings with your needy fellow Christians and open your homes to strangers. Ask God to bless those who persecute you. Yes, ask him to bless, not to curse. Be happy with those who are happy and weep with those who weep. Have the same concern for everyone. Do not be proud, but accept humble duties. Do not think of yourselves as wise. When I first heard that the MYF was taking a trip to Harlan County, Kentucky, the first thing that came into my mind was the setting of October Sky and like the coal mining towns of Colwood and Homer Hickam. Uh, even though that was in West Virginia, I figured that it couldn't be that different. But what I didn't take into account was the fact that October Sky happened in 1957 and it's 2014 right now. In other words, I was in for a big surprise. Instead of a row of white company houses, I found myself in Miss Jensie's mobile home. The first thing I noticed was how nice it was. Yes, there was your obligatory piles of stuff, but they seemed like nice piles of stuff, nice and organized. Um, our group didn't do a whole lot inside other than eat and a few odd jobs, but one job that I did was help rearrange Jeff's uh, room. Jeff was Mrs. Jensie's son. Um, it was a really nice job. I worked with Ben and Isaac. Uh, when we finished with that, we went into the living room and we sat down for a nice long talk with Mrs. Jensie and Jeff. They told us a lot of stories about uh, wildlife, with snakes and the bears, and they told us a lot of stories about themselves and their families and their experiences. Um, the stories really interested me. Uh, they really made me think. And out of all the things that Mrs. Jensie and Jeff gave me, including like the cold water on the hot roof and the hot dogs and a job to do, uh, their stories definitely affected me the most. Uh, it was very refreshing to listen to a different perspective on life, and it turned a good trip into a great trip that I could learn a lot from. One thing that the SWAT program really emphasizes is that the volunteers aren't just giving, they're also there to receive. That the homeowners had a lot to offer us, and in return, we should be sure to accept it graciously. Well, our homeowner's son, Jeff, who Caleb was just talking about, gave us a great example of this. Every day, in the hottest hours of the day, Jeff would sit out on the deck of their trailer while we worked on the roof and hand up cold bottles of water to whoever needed it. He was so attentive to us and eager to help us constantly asking everyone if they wanted water and making trips in and out from the refrigerator to make sure that they were nice and cold. Jeff was willing not only to offer his resources to us, but also his time. 
sorry. <laughs> um, he could have been sitting inside in the air conditioning, but instead he sacrificed hours of his day to make sure that we were hydrated and to offer entertaining conversation. And this gift, though so simple, meant so much to us, and we were all so grateful. So I also took a lesson away from Jeff's actions and how simple service can be, how something as easy as talking to someone while they work or giving water to someone who's thirsty is an act of service. Um, the swap trip was a great experience. One thing that I really enjoyed about the trip was listening, listening to the homeowners talk about their lives. Since my work group went to a different work site each day, I was able to interact with a few different homeowners. All of them were very kind and hospitable. They would always ask if we wanted anything to drink or to eat, which was very considerate of them. For example, on the last day, my group was working with a small group of people from a local church from Lowell, Kentucky, that were building a roof over a picnic pavilion. For lunch, the people at the church treated us to pizza and RC cola, which was really nice of them. It was a lot of fun chatting with them, with them about the area over the pizza. It was amazing how generous all of the homeowners were, despite the fact that they came from lower economic backgrounds. I was extremely grateful for the incredibly hospitable environment to work in. Okay. Um, I was on the same job site as Clara and Emma, and Josh was also there, and the other two girls from the other youth group. And well, we were mainly hoping to set up and paint drywall and replace the trim around the doors. So basically, the people that are in this house, they were they're pretty much, they're both wheelchair bound for the most part and they couldn't really, they couldn't really do any home repairs. So they had, they had a lot of stuff in their house again and there was like there were two rooms and then like a hallway between them and another room that extended off of that and so this was going to be a closet. So that's what we had to remodel. And that was fine but with all the people there it got really claustrophobic. There were like <laughs> six, six kids and then two adults so luckily there was another job that could be done when we had nothing else to do. The deck needed a coat of finisher, so we needed to scrape the paint off the deck. And this paint apparently defied all laws of paint physics. It was probably the stickiest paint I've ever encountered. Even after attacking the deck with a scraper, there still remained bits of paint residue. In retrospect, this deck must have had some magical properties because it could also slow down time. I could look at the clock and then 10 minutes later look at the clock again and find that a single minute had passed. But in a way, the rhythmic rubbing away at the, at the wood had a sort of placidity to it. The girls called it meditative, and while I wouldn't go that far, it did allow one to sit back and observe the commotion the, the others were causing, um, to, look at, to look in from the outside, and to really see what was being done without being caught up in it. And it was in these moments that I really saw God. I saw God in the willingness and joyfulness of my peers, and that willingness and joyfulness also encouraged me to meet their level of enthusiasm. As said in Colossians 3.23, whatever your task, put yourselves into it as done for the Lord and not for your masters. And I think most of us certainly, excuse me, certainly fulfilled this and they at least helped me to fulfill it as well.